Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLevs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Welcome, dear listeners. Our guest for today's sharing is none other than our favorite Dr. Benjamin Smith. Let's give a warm welcome to this esteemed editor of scientific journals. Dr. Smith, could you please say hello to our audience? I'm glad to see you all again, dear listeners. Thank you, Connie, for the kind invitation. In our last episode, we discussed the crucial role of neural induction in neural patterning. This process involves the establishment of a complex gene expression network along the neuraxis, which determines the position and fate of neuroepithelial cells. These gene networks control the patterns of neurogenesis by regulating the timing and location of neuronal differentiation. It appears that the patterning genes influence neurogenesis by converging on the activity of proneural basic helix loop helix proteins. So, how is the activity of proneural genes regulated? Conceptually, regulating the transcription of proneural genes is a straightforward way to control their activity. Analysis of the enhancer driving the expression of the proneural gene NGN2 in the spinal cord has revealed multiple discrete elements responsible for different spatial and temporal expression patterns in neuroepithelial cells. It is likely that these elements are governed by specific transcription factors. During neuropatterning, the expression of transcription factors in neuroepithelial cells is spatially restricted. For example, in the chick spinal cord, motor neurons are the first to be generated in the ventral region, and their production is associated with early expression of NGN2 in a narrow ventral domain of neuroepithelial cells. At this stage, NGN2 gene expression may be promoted, in part, by sonic hedgehog-regulated patterning genes, particularly PAC6 as a direct activator and OLIG2 as an indirect repressor. O-RIG2 also plays an active role in promoting NGN2 expression. However, O-RIG2 inhibits its activity by competing for the EBOC sites bound by NGN2 when activating its downstream targets. Before initiating neuronal differentiation, this push-pull mechanism may allow OLIG2 to establish neural progenitors that can be expanded through division. I've heard that the proneural activity of neuroepithelial cells can also be regulated by inhibiting their ability to activate downstream targets. What are the key aspects to consider in this regard? In this context, the proneural cascade stands out as a crucial target. In this cascade, proneural proteins expressed in neuroepithelial cell progenitors are tightly regulated. However, when they reach a threshold that activates downstream basic helix-loop-helix genes, they mediate various changes associated with neuronal differentiation. Therefore, modulating the strength of this cascade represents a strategy to control the differentiation of neurons during the patterning process. Thus far, various inhibitors have been discovered that suppress the proneural cascades responsible for determining the onset and extent of neurogenesis. Could you provide some elaboration on these inhibitors? Certainly. The extensive family of basic helix-loop-helix transcriptional repressors plays a crucial role in this regard. 
Many of these genes are involved in inhibiting proneural genes during drosophila neural development. Functional analysis suggests that these basic helix-loop helix repressors antagonize the activity of proneural proteins through several mechanisms. These include direct protein-protein interactions, competition with proneural proteins for DNA binding sites, or binding to distinct DNA elements in the enhancers targeted by proneural proteins. Additionally, a notable class of inhibitors is represented by the helix-loop helix proteins known as ID proteins. While ID proteins contain dimerization domains, they cannot bind DNA and function as important inhibitors. Neuroepithelial cells express both basic helix-loop helix repressors and ID proteins, which play significant roles in determining the pattern and extent of neurogenesis. In mice, targeted mutations that eliminate these genes result in an increased number of precursors undergoing neuronal differentiation. Conversely, gain-of-function experiments have shown that ectopic expression of these factors strongly inhibits neurogenesis. So, how do neuroepithelial cells utilize ID proteins and basic helix-loop helix repressors to regulate neurogenesis? Neuroepithelial cells in specific regions of the central nervous system that have not undergone neurogenesis constitutively express high levels of basic helix-loop helix repressors. Achieving such high expression levels likely involves disabling the negative feedback loop, which typically suppresses the expression of these repressors. Conversely, as seen in the spinal cord, neuroepithelial cells initiate neurogenesis after a phase of cell division expansion. Neurogenesis during this quiescent phase is accomplished by blocking the activity of proneural genes through uniform and high expression of basic helix-loop helix repressors. In this case, uniform expression of the repressor is achieved by inhibiting its negative feedback loop through interaction with ID proteins. Finally, when neurogenesis commences, the expression of repressor basic helix-loop helix proteins becomes dynamic, oscillating in neuroepithelial cells. This dynamic repression within neuroepithelial cells serves multiple purposes, including limiting the extent of neurogenesis, preserving undifferentiated progenitors, and allowing other progenitors to differentiate. If I understand correctly, Understanding how patterning genes and other mechanisms control the expression and activity of basic helix-loop helix repressors and ID proteins is a significant challenge, as they largely determine where, when, and to what extent neurogenesis occurs. What are the notable aspects in this regard? The notch pathway has emerged as a potent mechanism for regulating the timing and extent of neuro and gliogenesis by neural progenitors. The oscillatory expression of repressor basic helix-loop helix proteins in neuroepithelial cells is, in part, the result of positive regulation through the notch signaling pathway, a process known as lateral inhibition. The notch signal transduction pathway directly regulates the enhancers of these genes through binding sites for the DNA-binding protein suppressor of hairless. Suppressor of hairless actively inhibits the expression of basic helix-loop helix repressors in the absence of notch signaling. However, upon activation, the intracellular domain of the notch receptor translocates from the membrane to the nucleus, converting suppressor of hairless into an activator that rapidly induces gene expression. 
In other words, notch pathway activation induces the expression of repressor basic helix loop helix genes, thereby inhibiting neurogenesis. Conversely, reducing notch activity enhances neuronal differentiation within the neural precursor pool. How is the expression of notch ligands activated? Notch ligands have been found to be efficiently activated by proneural proteins. Thus, proneural proteins promote neuronal differentiation in their own cells while inhibiting neuronal differentiation in neighboring cells non-cell autonomously. The interaction between proneural proteins and the notch pathway underlies the lateral inhibition process and is critical for maintaining a subset of neuroepithelial cells as progenitors during neurogenesis. Notably, notch signaling can also activate pathways involved in Australia formation under appropriate circumstances. Do patterning genes target the activity of the notch pathway, or do they target many proteins known to modulate notch? Both possibilities exist. For instance, the activity of notch receptors can be modulated by post-translational modifications mediated by glycosyl transferases, which are encoded by vertebrate homologs of drosophila fringe genes. These genes show dynamic expression in neural precursor populations. Several mechanisms have been proposed to modify the half-life of the activated intracellular domain of the notch receptor, thereby influencing the efficacy of notch activity. Another potential mechanism involves altering the activity or expression of ligands to modulate notch activity. In this regard, aggregation and endocytosis through ubiquitination by specific E3 ligases may play a crucial role in ligand activity. In conclusion, it is likely that the modulation of notch activity serves as a means for patterning genes to influence the activity of proneural proteins during neurogenesis. What I understand is that the activation of the basic helix-loop helix cascade triggers a surge of proneural activity in neuroepithelial cells, leading to changes associated with neuronal differentiation. So, is the cascade indispensable for all stages of neuronal differentiation? Not necessarily. As neuronal differentiation progresses, the expression of the proneural gene diminishes. The basic helix-loop-helix cascade activates various downstream targets that facilitate different aspects of neuronal differentiation, such as cell cycle exit, upregulation of neuronal gene expression, neuronal migration, and specification of neuronal cell types. Therefore, the basic helix-loop-helix cascade is not required beyond the initial stages of neuronal differentiation. By the way, some of these targets also appear to interact with the proneural cascade. As described, proneural proteins induce progenitors to differentiate into neurons by activating gene expression necessary for neurons while suppressing gene expression in precursors. How is this achieved? One approach to achieve this is through interaction with members of the SOX superfamily. Neuroepithelial cells express members of the SOX-B1 subfamily, SOX-1-3, upon their formation during neural induction. These members serve to maintain the expression of genes associated with progenitor identity and inhibit the activity of proneural proteins. Proneural proteins can overcome this inhibition in two ways. First, by inducing the expression of a member of the SOX-B2 family, SOX-21, which antagonizes the activity of SOX-1-3. And second, 
By inducing the expression of members of the SOX-C family, SOX-4 and SOX-11, which activate the transcription of panurinal genes, respectively. Notably, the preneural-driven switch in SOX-C activity leads to the downregulation of genes required by progenitors while activating the expression of genes required by neurons. This is how neuronal differentiation is regulated by SOX proteins. I understand. Are there any other significant targets of proneural proteins during the neuronal differentiation stage? Yes. The repressor element 1 silencing transcription factor, or neuron-restrictive silencer factor, known as REST-NRSF, plays a crucial role in maintaining the repression of many neuronal genes, both in non-neuronal cells and neural precursors. Proneural proteins can activate the expression of neural genes by targeting this repressor. REST-NRSF maintains a repressed chromatin state by binding to sites present in enhancers of numerous neuronal genes, thereby recruiting a series of modifying enzymes. Additionally, this repressor can repress the expression of SOX4 and SOX11, which are essential for neuronal gene expression. Therefore, it is crucial to alleviate the repressive chromatin modifications imposed by REST-NRSF during neuronal differentiation. This can be achieved by altering the activity of REST-NRSF using small RNAs or by targeting it for proteasomal degradation via E3 ligase. Both mechanisms can be established through proneural activity. I see. When neurogenesis is complete, neuroepithelial cells transition to generating myelinating oligodendrocytes and astrocytes. Can you shed some light on the switch from neurogenesis to gliogenesis? Certainly. Unlike specific neuronal cell types, which have dedicated progenitors early on, the initial patterning of neuroepithelial cells creates conditions that promote neurogenesis. However, undifferentiated neuroepithelial cells undergo a repatterning process over time, establishing conditions that suppress neurogenesis and favor gliogenesis. As mentioned earlier, the restricted expression of OLIG2 is activated during dorsoventral patterning in the ventral spinal cord, establishing the progenitor domain for motor neurons. Once motor neuron production ceases, these progenitors become the primary source of oligodendrocyte precursors and can even give rise to astrocytes and dependable cells. Interestingly, these progenitor cells employ the same factors that promote neurogenesis to generate oligodendrocyte precursors. Hence, the same factors can promote either neurogenesis or oligodendrocyte formation depending on the context. This implies that a switch occurs in neuroepithelial cells through temporal changes in gene expression, which modulate how these factors drive differentiation. Thank you for explaining. Could you provide a summary? Certainly. In summary, during the establishment of the central nervous system, neural precursors initially determine their fate by default. However, neural patterning plays a critical role in guiding their subsequent neuronal fate by establishing a complex code of gene expression that triggers the basic helix-loop-helix -helix cascade at the appropriate time and location. Understanding the mechanisms by which the basic helix-loop-helix -helix cascade participates in various ways to generate the correct number and types of neurons throughout the neuraxis is essential. Thank you for sharing such valuable insights, Dr. Smith. We appreciate your contribution. 
and thank you to all our listeners. Stay tuned for more interesting topics in our next program. Until then, take care. Thank you, Connie. I hope to see you all next time.